Nice thing is we won't get sued because we're not going to be on YouTube. Is that actually a thing? <laughs> they uh, they'll flag your videos for using copyrighted stuff. Huh. I don't know the YouTube world. Thank you for checking out the one best podcast broadcast. Uh, I am your host Andrew Karachi, alongside Andrew Quimby. Yeah, there's uh, it's double Andrew action here today, guys. Uh, so uh, Andrew, it's it's weird saying your name for the record. I always it always freaks me out when I say my name when I'm talking to somebody else that has the same name. Uh, what do we have in store tonight? Well, yes, other Andrew. This is Andrew talking to other Andrew. Um, yes, we are talking about Superman Red Sun, the DC the DC movie. Spin-off the thing. D- yeah, the DC animated movie. This came animated out. Uh, movie, that's the word. <laughs> I think it, it came out what, like a couple months ago. At this point, I think twenty. I think it, technically it came out in two thousand nineteen. If I'm looking at this correctly, yeah, two thousand nineteen. So it came out okay. like late, late last year. We just didn't. What the hell is going on with my computer? So, um, pretty much this is uh, okay. It's just doing its own thing at this point. Uh, I'm not very tech savvy, so like using a computer to me is really, really weird. So <laughs> awkwardness in the beginning of the show. 2000, 2020, technically it came out. Okay, I got it now. I was looking at the wrong. Uh, I was looking at the voice actor for some reason. But okay. uh, so yeah, so pretty much this is it only got a six point three user score. That's really, really weird. Really, that yeah. is deeply surprising, actually. Because I think this is one of the best DC animated movies they've done. Period. Uh, probably, I don't think it's necessarily as close as, it's not Mask of the Phantasm or Red Hood, but you can make an argument that this is probably the best Superman movie. Yeah, I, I haven't seen the other Superman movies, but like, it's like, yeah, like I, I've seen Red Hood, and this one, like, I enjoy, like, I put this one like as good as Red Hood. Like I think I enjoyed this one really? as much as I enjoyed the Red Hood movie. I think so, yeah. Well, and you're more of a casual viewer, anyways. You're not yes, much of a I, comic book reader, right? Yes, I haven't read any of the comics. I my knowledge is limited to basically like the Justice League show because of this show, because of this podcast, and a little bit. And like I've seen Red Hood, and now this Superman movie, and like a couple other random ones. So I haven't seen a whole lot overall. So yes, I would definitely be the casual audience in this scenario. So they're saying that this is the premiere of the Elseworld tale. So I think DC comics had like a, uh, a like a, like a secondary universe of like a lot, uh, kind of like how the, the DC shows did with the arrow shows. They did a, a spinoff of Elseworlds where they, had Oliver and Barry switch bodies for like two, a couple of episodes. It was pretty much awful, but it that's like that's what they called it, Elseworld. So I wonder if there's any connection with that because I'm not really familiar with the Elseworld uh, universe in general. But um, apparently, I guess this was a, originally a comic that came out in the 50s. 
maybe a graphic really? novel it's... of some sort. That wow, I, w- I wouldn't expect this to be that old, but that's interesting, huh? Yeah, I guess I guess it's more. That can't be right. That seems like the Cold War wasn't until the seventies. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, I, I don't. I read somewhere it says graphic unless, novel. Unless they adapted it to modern things more. Yeah, it was a graphic novel. Written by Mark Miller? Maybe? I don't know. The comic book freaks that aren't listening to this show right now are just screaming at the top of their lungs, like, how do you not know this? But, um, eh. I don't. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Moving on, besides random history of where this movie came from. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this, so pretty much what this is about is, uh, it's if Superman's ship crashed in the Soviet Union rather than the United States. So it's taking a uh, kind of like a, a a communism Superman or a communist Superman. Um, the thing I found pretty interesting in it is it kind of made you uh, see like what would communism be if it was run the perfect way, like the uh, because what Superman always said uh, it through the whole movie is how much he disliked capitalism because of how it leaves people behind. Like capitalism, yeah, you have the you have your freedoms of what you're allowed to do, but what happens to those people that fall between the cracks? The government doesn't protect those people, and in this uh, this Superman saying, my government protects everybody. So it's an interesting it's an interesting thing on it because it's like, what would communism be or socialism? I guess would be the way to adapt it to today's uh, today's thing. How would it be if it was run? in an uncorrupt way. Which, it, I feel like, so in, in the movie, like, he started that way, but definitely as the movie went on, it definitely, like, like when, because he killed the, what's what's his name? Like, we can talk spoilers, right? That's what we're doing. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. We're, we're spoiling everything at this, I, 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 okay. Yes. Just, just want to clarify that. I would assume if people are, I would assume if you're listening to this podcast, you've already seen the movie. I, it'd be kind of weird if you're listening to a podcast of a review of a movie that you haven't watched. <laughs> so I, I've listened to two of your podcasts for movies that, I have not watched. <laughs> that is that is very true. <laughs> I'm just like, eh, well, let me listen to what they have to say to find out if this movie's good. And I don't know. I don't remember which those two are, but. I feel oh, like I probably, I don't know. I may have feel like I've seen those movies, and I probably haven't just because I listened to you talk about them for an hour. That's very true. But anyway, There's so like, interest- like... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, what I was saying was... So, like, he killed the... I'm, I'm terrible with names. I'm not going to remember. The dude so who was Stalin? in charge. Stalin, yeah. yeah. He killed Stalin, yeah. and because... And he and before that, he was like, oh, yeah, you're going to realize that you're going to do exactly the same thing. Which, in essence, he ended up doing. Yes, he did. And, like, and if you, like, towards the end, like, towards, like, as the movie progresses or whatever, like, he's having his big fancy balls with his elite people, and he's having, like, like, he's, like, definitely living in the upper echelon of the Communist Party or whatever, which should be against his ideals to begin with, because everyone should be, like... Equal. Yeah, yeah. Everyone. He should not be as high as he is, and he like, 
like having the giant ball that he was at where he was dancing with Wonder Woman when the evil the other US man showed up, whatever his name is. And like he's he's living in he's doing all the fancy things that should be against his ideals, so like the system corrupted him and he may have done it and he just he did the exact same thing. He just did it more efficiently. And do you think that he like he was aware of what was going like do you think he was aware of what was coming like the way he was uh the way he was running it almost because he seemed almost oblivious to to what he was doing compared to what Joseph Stalin was doing yeah and it was just well because in his mind he was cuz like using the the what's his name's technology to basically enslave people was like was like no that's because I'm not killing them they're still alive they're just, right. just adjusting their thoughts so he was just he he still believed that he was do, he like he was doing better and some would argue that that's probably worse than just dying that being enslaved like that which I don't know depends on your perspective I guess but. So he, he I, I, some, I would sure some people would argue that what he did was even worse than what Stalin did, but it's it's interesting because like he definitely he definitely like he was as bad as Stalin just in a cleaner way, and he was uh, he was frightened, like he ruled by fear almost. People, the, his own people were afraid of him. That's why they were doing what he was uh, wanting him to do. Like, when he killed Joseph Stalin, they all bowed down to him, because what else are you going to do in that situation? They yeah, didn't bow down to him because he's a hero. They bowed down to him because they were scared of him. And maybe he thought that they are bowing down to him because he did a heroic thing. And it's just, I just... I feel like with them, like that or whatever, like, I feel like... He, Probably he'd probably justify his mind being like, no, I'm not trying to do this. It's just it's happening, and I'm just going to use it because I'm trying to make things better. Like the argument, like I can, it's it's okay because I'm trying to make things better, can lead to a lot of scary things. <laughs> and like, yeah, he was just generally like the ruthless thing. What is it? He took over the entire peninsula of Korea in three hours, basically by himself. <laughs> yeah, <he did. laughs> that was a whole, I, I found that hilarious where he's just like, no, nope, we're liberating Korea. And he's just like, basically just like single handedly mowed down the entire Korean armies on his own in three hours. <laughs> I just, but, with, with very minimal casualties, they said, whether like 300 yes. people died, that was it. Or something yeah, like it was that. very minimal. Yeah, it was very, it was very small amount. Just like, which honestly, very, very efficient. But then, like, yeah, everyone was afraid of him. Like when he was talking to what was it, the Chinese diplomat thing, or whatever, and he forced him to tell him the truth or whatever, and he was just like, "Yes, I'm terrified of you," <laughs> because they that's all are. exactly. Yeah, everyone's just you're basically you're. It's like if your country was being run by a living god. Like, what do you do to that? Like, no, you do what they say, because what are you supposed to do, a lowly ant to this being? So, the, there's one person who does not fear Superman in this movie, and that's Lex Luthor. And he, for the, he plays Superman through, just like his counterpart in any other edition of Lex Luthor, he plays Superman through this entire movie. 
Uh, I love the symbolism of the of the chessboard, like how it or the metaphor. I don't know what would it be a symbolism or to be a metaphor, but like how it would uh, how it was symbolized. He was playing the same chess game through the entire movie. And this movie goes over a span, I think uh, it said 1953 to 2001. That's when Lex Luthor got elected as president in this mm-hmm. uh, in this timeline was 2001. Yes. So like uh, the it's pretty much you see the, the the rise of of Lex Luthor through the political ranks as pretty much kind of just starting off as like a very smart like would you say like a scientist or like a uh, an inventor of some sort like what would yeah, be he in was, comparison he was basically what? just like he was basically like a government contractor at that point okay he was okay. just like yeah he just like was creating things for the government basically and they gave him money and he made them things and right. he leveraged that apparently to build up his base to the point where he actually became president which Really wasn't see, expecting to see that when they when they were like, oh yeah, he's getting on. I'm like, whoa, okay. I wouldn't think that's a thing he would want at all. Right. Well, but he wasn't I guess president they, for very long, anyways. I mean, he yeah, stuck down they, almost. Yeah, which kind of makes me like the entire like him becoming president wasn't about him being president. It was just the piece he needed to move to win the game. Yes. I mean, it was. Uh, I'm like, I'm going over all his plans. Like everything was just a, it was just a game to him. Like when he sent superior man over to, which was the, the best name for a knockoff superhero of all time, by the way, when he sent superior man uh, over to attack Superman that he knew for a fact that that duplicate Superman had no chance. He said, no, I had a 40% chance of surviving. But the but the goal was he wanted to create he wanted to see fear at his and so he he feared him for a second. Yep. It, um, then he did what was the second plan? Was the uh, this the second plan was to send over was it Batman or was that the third one? Um. Yeah, Batman was second because third was the Green Lanterns. Yes. Yeah, he fueled he he gave. The Batman, the communist Batman, the resources he needed to fight his uprising against Superman. So apparently, Which was kind of a weird tangent, actually. According to this, apparently, I guess, which we didn't see in the film, how did Luthor get that city towards the end of the movie when he when he used that city to kind of leverage Superman into like realizing what he did? Like when he sent Lois out there, I, I don't know. I kind of assumed he just knew, sent some time. sort of sent some sort of ninja ninja person robot person to just go rob it from the Kremlin because they what did they I think they said that he was storing it at the Kremlin. Yeah, apparently, so just, I guess apparently I guess Batman was the one who gave it to him. Okay. Which they okay. didn't really they didn't really explain that at all in the movie. So that's yeah, that would have been kind of cool to see that for the record. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I get I get why they didn't that because they would have ruined the Batman. They would have given the Batman character a little more like depth to him rather mm-hmm. than he was kind of the like they wouldn't they could have just been like they could have shown him like breaking into a building and then. 
like a back alley deal, just handing him like a box roughly the size of that. And then at the end, when you see the thing, whatever, you can make the connection and be like, oh, that's what he stole. They could have easily done that. Then you could have seen him steal it and trade Luther for the lights. So then you could have seen that, but then you wouldn't have spoiled the ending. I feel like they right. could have easily done that. And then that, that would have only been like another, like, what, minute or two that they could have thrown in there. And it would have gave the Batman character, like, a whole a little more depth that he's actually like doing things and would have like shown that Luther was actually like legit weren't doing things with him rather than the throwaway line. Oh, your friend in America helped me or whatever the heck he said, whatever, rather than just yeah. that throwaway line, which they could have actually like, they, it only taken like a minute for them to flesh that out a little bit and give the Batman more depth. And like on that point too, of, they kind of alluded to it. They like basically told you that like he met this Batman character when he was a child, kind of when he originally well, eliminated these liberated these people, but like the people that were being oppressed by Stalin, but then they never really circled that around and made that full connection in the end, which I feel like was a big missed opportunity to again, flesh out the Batman to an actual like character. Well, when I was talking with my friend Eric about this, and he said, because we we discussed a little bit about this on our on on our on my other podcast, like just for like a good ten minutes, because we used to, like at the end of our shows, we'll talk a little Batman if we have some time left. But the last couple we haven't. But so, anyways, uh, we were discussing a little bit about it. He had no idea that that kid in the in in the hole that like dungeon hole was that Batman. He didn't he didn't make that connection at all. And he also didn't also he also didn't know that this was like a different universe Superman. He thought that there was still a Justice League, and a, he was he was said he was waiting the entire movie for the for the U.S. Superman to show up. So uh, he didn't go into the movie knowing that this was a different a completely different universe. So um. I don't I don't know if they maybe should have made that clear in the beginning that uh, I don't know maybe. I, see, I don't think I really needed that, but maybe for the more casual viewer that is more like yeah, the hardcore like Batman fan, they might not have even known because he was waiting for Bruce Wayne to show up. The entire movie. They, they could have also, yeah, I guess they could have also. They never really did, they didn't actually like show his ship actually crashing into Russia, did they? They kind of just implied it in the beginning. True. Yes, they implied it. They, they and like. They could have also just thrown in, like, a Russian couple finding him in the ship just to establish that. Yeah, oh, we never got introduced you. to his. We never got introduced to his parents at all. Mm-hmm. At all. We just yeah, because all of that. Which they were just, well, because they were meaningless people. Because if they would have, I guess if they would like, I would have just, I would have settled for just, like, that scene of them finding them because obviously. Yeah, they, like, he just went off and became Superman and never looked back except for that one girl that he had a crush on when he was a kid. Who ended up dying in that, um, that hole, right? Yeah, yeah. Which she's basically the one that took him to take over, told him to take over the country. Right. But I think it would have been kind of cool to see uh, more than maybe one scene of Superman as a child. Maybe his parents telling him, you know, teaching him the 
the communist way or whatever the whatever they were running at the time or the Soviet mm-hmm. Union way, like something to kind of let the viewer know that we're that this is this is Russia during the Soviet Union time rather than just telling us a year and where it was because yeah, it would have made it it would have made Superman look a little innocent that he wasn't this he's not because this movie was never uh, was never implementing that Superman was evil he was not evil. And when I was going into this movie, I thought this was just going to be an evil Superman. But what we yeah, got I, was I, a completely, we got a completely flushed out, uh, well, not a, a flushed out character, but a completely different, it'd be like if Superman was in the Soviet Union. Like, he would still be Superman. He, The whole movie, he was still Superman. He just had a different, uh, he just believed a different, a different form of government was more acceptable than another. Yeah, it's just, he, it's it's the same thing, like, it's Superman, he's just, he is formed by who discovered him, and, like, luckily, in the normal Superman version, he was, he was found by, like, Americans or whatever, and he was taught a certain way and, like, respect people and everything like that, like, it's kind of, this kind of just proves that, like, he could have been anybody and any version based on who discovered him and where he landed. Like, it's, it's, it's very interesting that he, like, he could have been anything based on where he, where his ship landed. And just, we happen to see one version based on where he happened to land in whatever cornfield. Right. I mean, it was, uh, like I was saying, we we got like the the super a, a Superman in a completely different in a different universe. Now there were some other characters like Wonder Woman, who I feel her only purpose was just to kind of be the the person that uh, I don't know. I I didn't care for her character too much. It, she was kind of like the man hater of the of the movie. Like she just played that stereotype. Because I, I, I watched this movie a couple of times, and when I watched it with, uh, I actually watched it with my mom and my stepdad uh, a couple of months, like about a month ago, and uh, my mom did not like this Wonder Woman character. <laughs> See, yeah, it, the whole, honestly, this movie could have not had Wonder Woman, and it would have been the exact same movie. Yes. Um, like, she didn't add anything to the movie, really? Like I was, I kept expecting there to be some sort of like, kind of he was his back against the wall, and she like saved him at some point. Like when he was fighting the superior man, I honestly I thought that fight was going to go. He was actually like, I thought he was going to be getting beat by that fight, and Wonder Woman was going to step in and like save him. That's kind of how I thought that fight was going to go. And that obviously didn't happen. And she's like, because she was, other than a few moments where you see her fly away or just, like, stop his punch, she could have been any woman. Like, yeah, she well, could have she, just, was, she was utilized as um, damsel in, distri- in distress, which doesn't work for Wonder Woman when Batman, like, practically kidnapped her, which I, I would question that. And then, I, yeah, um, I'm still not quite sure how that went down. Yeah, they told that story pretty lazily. I don't think that's a word, but that it was it was mm-hmm. I thought very lazy storytelling on how they 
how that happened. And then she's the one to pretty much save Superman from Batman in that in that thing. Other than that, she was pretty much pointless in this movie. So yeah, it's it's funny. So he showed up to save her, and she saved herself basically. Like yeah, she it did it didn't he didn't do anything except whatever, and she basically saved herself, and then whatever. Like she was a meaningless character in this movie, and I'm not, I, I just I didn't she didn't add anything other than they're like, oh look, there's a Wonder Woman, and she's friends with him, even though he's the Russian guy. Like I feel like that was the whole point of it, like just this, like oh, I mean she she still likes him or whatever. I I don't know. It was very. I'm I'm not quite sure why she was around because she didn't there there was she didn't accomplish anything or do anything other than like saying like. You're just as bad as everyone else, and like him being like okay, and that that's about it. Like she didn't do much. I thought the uh, the Batman story could have been told. I know we just kind of talked about it, but I feel like the Batman story could have been significantly better. Where this could have been, this could have been a major part of the movie. Instead, it was kind of a throwaway scene just to get just to get Batman in there. So it, it was kind of cool the way he was used, because I kind of liked the idea of him pretty much playing Superman the entire time. Superman never could catch this guy. And then the one time they finally meet, it, it, it felt like the Dark Knight, uh, the Dark Knight Returns, or the, uh, what was that, Superman v, the Batman v Superman movie, where they had the, the only good part of that whole movie was that fight. <laughs> And that's kind of what this was. Like, this was a, uh, this, I thought this was a pretty good fight overall. And it shows, like, well, if Batman and Superman were to have a fight and Superman didn't have powers, there's, he doesn't stand a chance. Because and so, Batman's like, just a better fighter, just in general. So, okay. To establish my opinion of Superman, I hate Superman in general, just because he's either a god or a, completely useless thing when kryptonite's around so it was very interesting in this movie because like that's my problem with him is like which actually why i wasn't a big fan of batman vs superman is because like during that fight that you said was the best scene in the movie was it was the fight was either he would hit him with the gas and he was weak and he beat the crap out of him or superman recovered a little bit and beat the crap out of him then he hit him with more gas and there was no like we're both on even ground right now in thing, whatever. It was always one way or the other based on if Superman was had kryptonite or not. This movie, right. which I've never seen anything else, they used the red light thing, which right. interesting concept, and it basically was like, yeah, you're not whimpering on the ground because of kryptonite, but you're also not a god anymore. You're just a standard man. Oh, that's actually a really good point. They actually they found a way to achieve that middle ground, which is one of the reasons why I hate Superman is because there's no way to make him get to that middle ground. And they actually did it in this movie, which is funny. This is the only Superman version, Superman movie, Superman anything I've ever seen where I was actually on Superman's side. This is the only movie that's ever done that for me. Where now you I was watch, actually on Superman's side. Now you watch the Justice League show, right? Yes, I've so, seen the Justice League show. Did you see the Hereafter episode, the one where Superman gets transported to the future and he has to, uh, he has no powers and he has to like get to the other side or whatever? Like the the first half of the episode is just him 
like fighting off wolves and stuff like that. I don't. He, I don't know if I saw that episode. And he runs into Vandal Savage. Now, I uh, I think I listened to you talk about the episode. I don't think I ever watched the episode. That is probably one of my favorite episodes of the entire series. I highly recommend it. Like, if that's a good Superman story, also. Mm-hmm. Like the what they did with that, and it's probably like I said, it's my probably my favorite episode of the whole series, and it's a Superman episode. So like, <laughs> there's ways where you can make Superman interesting, or you can write a good Superman story. Just it, the the TV versions and the live action versions have never done him any justice because they don't know how to write a Superman story. Like the the stuff that makes Superman interesting is the fact that he was. He was pretty much, he was raised as a normal kid, and he chooses to use his powers for good. And um, the stuff that makes him interesting is the not the idea of him fighting the bad guy and if he's going to win. It's uh, how, how far can he be pushed before he eventually crosses that line, and when he does cross that line, how dangerous is he? And that's the, the, those are the good Superman stories that I've seen. Like, uh, like you're familiar with the Injustice storyline, right? No. Where Superman, uh, where Superman, uh, gets like, uh, tranquilized or something like that, and he thinks that uh, Lois Lane is uh, Doomsday, and he accidentally kills her because Joker shot some toxin in him. So then he goes and murders the Joker. Well, that that spawned off a whole new Superman where they were going him and his uh, hero like the people that joined up with him decided that they're going to kill anyone that stands in their way now. And then Batman led the insurgents, which is like people that agreed on Batman's side. And so pretty much it was to the point where Superman was trying to hunt down Batman and he wasn't able, could never find him pretty much because Batman was always one step ahead of him. It's actually, uh, it's actually a really good story. Uh, the, the game doesn't really do it as much justice, but like, uh, no pun intended, but like the, the comic <laughs> itself, there's an audio version on YouTube and I'll, I'll plug the guy at some point. It doesn't need my plug. He's bigger than me, but like, uh, <laughs> he, he doesn't need it. <laughs> but, um, there's a guy on YouTube that does audio comics that I think uh, it was a conversation we had before. And, uh, I list when I would, when I would work, I would always listen to some audio comics. I listened to the entire justice, the injustice storyline year one through five. And the, the first injustice game is after year five. So it's all the stuff that led like through the entire injustice storyline, how it started. And it's actually, it's actually pretty interesting. There's even a point where a Superman goes to the bat cave and, uh, he finds out that there's a bat cave underneath the bat cave and another bat cave underneath the, that bat cave. And he's like, of course Batman would have three bat caves. Like he just, it didn't even, it, it re- didn't even register in his mind that that was uh, a slight paranoia. Like that's just something Batman would do. He'd have three bat caves. <laughs> Come on now. There's probably like three more bat caves. He didn't even find there. Yeah, there was because he didn't he didn't find the fourth one because there was four of them because <laughs> that's where Batman was. He was in the no, there was probably there, there was there was probably about like several hundred Bat caves in there somewhere. Uh, that's just how Batman rolls. Well, I think what what spawned all of that is when Superman he killed Oliver Queen, and that's what kind of started the insurgents. Like that's what's it just, when Batman decided we need to take him down now. 
not only do we we're going to stand against him, we got to take him out because he's going to become very dangerous, and we're the only uh, we're the only hope uh, for Superman. Like we're the only hope left. And so he led his like insurg- he led an, a team of insurgent team or whatever. I think the big name he had in that I want to say was Aquaman. I can't remember. He had one big heavy hitter in that. Because hmm. Flash was on Superman's side, which I found very weird. Ooh, okay. Yeah, Flash was on the Superman side. Wonder Woman was too. No, I'm not surprised by that, by the way. And yeah, then, Wonder, uh, yeah, Wonder Woman and Superman, they're kind of, they kind of go yeah. together. Yeah, so Batman's big heavy hitter was uh, the Martian Manhunter and uh, Aquaman. And Superman kills the Martian Manhunter in the first, uh, pretty much in the first page of the whole thing. He just sets him on oh. fire and kills him. Like, huh. he's gone immediately. Oh, the Superman, that's, that's... Yeah, <laughs> Superman kills, like, everyone. And then, then uh, I guess uh, the Green, uh, like, he killed the entire Green Lantern Corps. And it was just, it was bad. Like, it, he was unstoppable. <laughs> <laughs> And he, and it wasn't evil super he was not evil it was like you're either with me or you're going to be taken down and so he started labeling Batman as a terrorist he huh. he even released his uh, Batman's identity to everyone in the world so everyone knew that Batman was Bruce Wayne which which led to uh, which led to a bunch of thugs showing up to Bruce Wayne's house and killing Alfred. Hmm. They killed. They killed Alfred, and they started uh, because. And Superman didn't know that's what was going to happen when he did that. He didn't realize how stupid that was. That yeah, that's kind was, of a stupid thing. Well, if he releases his, why is Alfred still at the house? Come on now. Well, it he was, should know better. It was. Uh, it it all happened so fast. Like Batman didn't think that Superman would ever do that because he thought. Like, that was the one thing he didn't expect him to do. Hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. But, I mean, like, as yeah. as this podcast usually does, we venture off into other topics. But This is uh, gifts. It's, it's tangent cast. That's what it's really <laughs> is. But, uh, yeah, back to Red Sun. Um, the... Like you were saying, the way how they did Batman uh, was actually very... I, I actually really... I agree with you on that one. Um, the idea of making not Superman weak, but just human. And the only interpretation I saw that was the in Justice League, uh, the Justice League animated show with the, the episode titled Hereafter. So, uh, like I said, I highly recommend that. Uh, what else do we have in this? Um then there's the whole the whole there's a whole Green Lantern thing, oh, which yeah. actually that whole thing bothers me a little bit. So okay, yeah. I okay I don't know the most about Green Lantern, but isn't it like okay so he Lex Luthor he can just duplicate this ring and make like twenty of these rings. Like, it obviously took years, because it was, like, years before this lantern group showed up that they used or whatever. But, like, so he just found this ring, which is a tap to the super, super lantern in the universe thing, whatever. And, like, but doesn't the ring need to be recharged with the lantern? Like, 
So how does he duplicate this ring? Did he duplicate the lanterns? Are they just all using the same land? It raises so many questions that bother me deeply. <laughs> like, did it's they? Also so, did he it's make a, a deal with? Too. So it could be. But, it could be just. It could have theoretically been made. Right. But the, well, because they showed the ship, which was the alien, like right. green thing, whatever, which would lead you to believe that the Lantern Corps exists out there where it does. Somewhere, like, out in space or whatever, like, with alien peoples. But, like, there's the whole, like, I, I, I get Lex Luthor's good, but he, like, duplicated something that I feel shouldn't be duplicatable. Yeah, maybe they made Lex Luthor a little too smart. Like, yeah, they literally, like... They literally, he was able to do everything you could possibly imagine. Like, theoretically, if you think about it, like, what was, what's the, what's the robot dude's name that was secretly behind Superman? Brainiac. So, theoretically, Lex Luthor outsmarted Brainiac? Like, just unintentionally. With, 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 and like, that puts him on a, like, Lex Luthor is just on a disturbing level of just, like, doing, being able to do everything, it seemed like. He just, yeah, it like, seemed like they didn't know how to do things, so their their way to write the story is just Lex Luthor did it. It's really similar to the CW shows where everyone's backstory, are the, in that Flash show, everyone's backstory is the particle accelerator, because they don't know how to write backstories. So everyone's backstory mm-hmm. is the same backstory. So yeah. in this... Or like in the you you watched Gotham right? Yes. Or like That's the Gotham, or like the Gotham series. The everyone's backstory was Hugo Strange for a while there. Hugo yeah, Strange was, created them. He was that was just the easy given that like well we want this character but we don't want to have to like flesh them out so Hugo Strange. Right. Hugo <laughs> Strange just, who. Ugh. Which and see see that like. The Lex Luthor things actually bought, like, there was a bunch of holes in that story that actually bothered me. That was part of the, like, okay. So he made Superior Man through some sort of cloning technology or whatever, what not he did. Why didn't he just make 20 of him? Right. One of them almost beat him. Why wouldn't he make 20 of them? And right. just send, like, 20 of them over there and just have them take over or beat the crap out of him, like... Well, let's talk about get, how I, how uneventful that fight with the Green Lantern Corps and Superman was. Like, they, they had him beat. It looked like it was going to be over. And then Wonder Woman steps in, kind of protects Superman. Then she kind of flies away or something because Superman tried to punch her. It's kind of stupid. But the I would have to say the, the best part of that whole thing, I don't know. If, I think it was Hal Jordan. Hal Jordan's standing right next to Superman. And he's like, <laughs> women. What the? Fuck? What kind of fucking I, idiot would say that? This is your enemy. Why would you say that? Like I'm like, yeah, you just. Were, oh, okay. Also, were they just going to like? Were they going to try to crush him to death? Was that what they were I, trying to do? Like I, I, I don't know. What were they doing? Like I, were they just going to put him in a tiny little box and then just like fly him somewhere? Like. Again, where what was the goal here? Like I don't understand what their goal was in that. Like they they didn't seem like they were just 
I don't I don't know what they were doing. It was very strange. It, you know, the one thing that was kind of good out of all that was um, the the guy who voiced uh, Green Lantern, the uh, um, John Stewart, the John Stewart version, is the same one who voiced him in the animated series. So I thought that was kind of cool. Other than I that, did, this is, I did notice that actually. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's the same guy as like I, yeah. I caught, like when they think whatever. I'm like, so okay. In that Lantern core, two of those people were actual Green Lanterns, theoretically, right? Correct. Because it was Hal Jordan and the Stewart, right? Yeah, they're the two Americans. Those, that those were two Green were Lanterns. actually those two were actually in normal world Green Lanterns. Yes. Okay, that's what that's what I thought, but I'm a little fuzzy on names. Names, I'm terrible with names. They're complete, and they're com- they're they both have completely different backgrounds too. Like, there's some people that love Hal Jordan. There's people that love Jon Stewart, like fans of the Green Lantern. I'm a Jon Stewart fan. I, I like his backstory a lot more than Hal Jordan. I like the idea of having the special ops training and the uh, the idea of, like, an ex, uh, ex-military. I don't know. what he, I think he was a Marine. So it kind of shows yeah. that he can, he can handle himself if he doesn't have that ring. Where Hal Jordan, to me, seems like if he doesn't have that ring, he's pretty much powerless. Yeah, because the steward, he's like, he used, when he used the ring, he used it tactically, and it's being like Hal Jordan brute force things. Yes. That seems kind of like how they did it or whatever, and that's, yeah, it's a very different mentality. Oh, in the new, in the new 52, uh, Batman cannot stand Green Lantern, (laughs) because it's Hal Jordan in the new 52, and, like, Batman just thinks he's an idiot. (laughs) <laughs> like there's uh there's scenes from Justice League War where he just takes the ring from him and nobody can take the ring from Green Lantern and Green Lantern's <laughs> like like Hal Jordan's uh, like how did you do that he's like you weren't concentrating and he like g- gives the ring back and he's like you won't do that again and Batman's like you're right unless I want to <laughs> like, like it's, it's his way of, like he always made Green Lantern look stupid because he mm-hmm. is yeah. The one thing I have to say I'm disappointed in, like, the Justice League animated show, is we didn't see a lot of interaction with uh, Jon Stewart and Batman. And I think though, they, we never got, like, standalone episodes with those two together, or just in general, mm-hmm. not a lot of interaction with them. That would have kept... been a good combo, I feel like. Yeah, because I think they both have a lot of respect for each other. Yeah, there and I feel a... like they both, like, they both have that, like tactical mindset I want to say yeah. where they think they think before they act and I think they yeah. would have they would have them working together they would have worked together very well and they would have understood each other and they would have clicked very well together and I think that would have been very interesting yeah that's the one thing that uh, I wish they would have explored a little bit more because they've done all the other characters together but Batman rarely worked with Green Lantern it, I mean, every once in a while, they would have, like, a conversation. Like, there was one they had a conversation, and they were t- they were just talking random things or something like that. But that was about it. Nothing nothing concrete to where it led to an episode with those two together. Mm-hmm. Just a, I wanted one with just those two. Or at least, like, if they're going to split up and people are working in teams, I wanted those two to be a team at some point. But it also seemed yeah, like, like they just- might have had conflicting... They'd be a little conflicting because Green Lantern always acts like he's in charge, like the the um, 
the John Stewart version. So there was one where he was acting like he was the leader of the Justice League. So he brought all, all the members because he said we need practice and we need to work better as a team. So he brought all the members of the Justice League there to do like an obstacle course training. And Batman shows up in his jet, blows up all the obstacle courses, and then he goes up to Green Lantern. He's like, "Call me when it's important," and not and uh, and nothing other than that. And then he just flies away. Because <laughs> he's like, "I don't have time for this." Yeah. Huh. So that other than that, that's the only interaction I think those two ever had. I still think I still think it'd be an interesting be an interesting combo with the two of them. I mean, speaking of Green Lantern, uh, you heard that they're, the, the rumors are they're going to make a Green Lantern show and they're casting the guy who played Diggle and Arrow as the Green Lantern. What do you think about that? I think... It's going to be an HBO sounds... Max show, not, not a CW show. I feel like... I feel like Diggle, he could he could pull it off. Like I think he's the right person for it. And as long as they write it right, yeah, I think that would actually work really well. But I feel like it's one of those moves where it could either work really well or fail really terribly. I don't know if move. there's an, I don't know if there's a, enough of an audience that cares about Diggle. Like I like Diggle a lot, but as a standalone show, I don't know if uh, I don't I don't know if it would do well. I think it would do okay on like the CW, but again, I mean, I guess they put like Supergirl on and those stupid shows that seem to do okay. But like, um, at, or, or the the newest one, what's the new one they got on there? The Flag Girl, whatever her name is. Um, I have no idea. Star Girl. Star Girl, yeah, yeah, Star Girl. That's awful. That show's awful. It had potential. I stopped. I stopped. I lost a lot of. I lost interest in this. I don't watch it anymore. Hmm. Yeah, I. I've pretty much given up on all the CW shows at this point. It just when when it gets to the point, they like they've all become. It just feels like they've all hit the point where it's all just a grind to watch them. Yes, I agree. Like one, and once it hits the point where it's like a grind, or whatever, like. Like, to be honest, like, Gotham hit a point for me when it was a grind, but I was close enough to the end where I'm like, yeah. I can I can grind it out. I can make it through just so I can finish it. But with the CW shows, you're like, what are you going to, like, they're, they're probably going to milk these for another, what, three, four, ten years. Who knows what they're going to do. They're going to keep milking these shows for as long as they can. And, like, I, I can't, I can't just, I can't push myself through that much. <laughs> There's there's a limit to the the terribleness they do because it just seems like they just their shows have just been spiraling worse and worse as time goes on. Yeah, like they need they need a fresh they need a fresh writing crew up in that in those series of shows to like a brief, new new like a new lineup with a fresh writers or something to just keep that whole everything because like it just seems like they've just in a downward spiral of a rut with all their shows. And even the new yeah. shows, they're not starting, like the new shows aren't starting at a high and working their way down now. It seems like the new shows are just starting at the downward spiral where the other shows are at. Yep. They're starting at the, the same spiral point that all the other shows are at. So the, they're just already 
losing before they even start. Like I say, like Black Lightning is a pretty solid show overall, but I haven't seen any any of the new ones. I, just the last two years I watched, I I actually kind of enjoyed it. But other than that, uh, the because re- it also Black Lightning has a completely different vibe than the other shows. Like it has a lot more of a darker tone to it, almost like you you feel like you're watching like one of those show like one of the Marvel shows on Netflix. Like it has like that type of vibe to it, where a lot of dark things happen, um, <laughs> where. And Arrow kind of had that through the first two seasons. Arrow had a real dark thing going. And then it just went, that went off the rails probably right after the Damien Dark season, or during the Damien Dark season. Um, and they and every once in a while you get a good episode or a good season or a good a few in a row. I'd say Arrow overall was a pretty solid to good show. Like I never thought it was awful. But the, but, but the Flash is getting to the point where it's awful. Like it's, it's unwatchable. Yeah, it's, it's still probably out of their lineup. It's still probably the most watchable out of all the shows, and that's not because look what happened to Legends. Yeah, like, Legends was it. That show had so much potential, and it was all it just was all squandered so so quickly. Yeah, the they, first was, season was so good, and it just kind of yep they squandered the whole thing. Like they could have had, they could have done so much with that show. Where like, they could have fed that show with because like, like you literally have access to all of the like secondary B villains and heroes of all of the other shows they had at the time and going forward. They had all of the access to all of those characters. Yeah. Then they could have done so much interesting things. They could have pulled random people in. They could have done so many different tangents and storylines and combos of people you'd never see interact. They could have played with all these people from different shows, like all these B characters and backup people. They could have played with so many different combinations and so many random things. And it could have just been a whole, like, well, what other show are you going to see, like, Black Canary and like I I don't know I can't think some other random shows like Be Hero like oh like, uh, like fighting fighting Palmer. next to each other yeah like Palmer like Palmer or some other villain from some other show or like that like just some other random thing whatever like you could have just done some weird combinations and just yeah because the there's, pre- a the pre- of, there's a ton the of there's a ton of the show they could have done anything. There's a ton of B characters that they could have used that weren't being used on the other shows, like Speed, like uh, not Speedy, but um, the uh, uh, Roy Harper, who was in the first two seasons of Arrow, who disappeared and we never really saw him again, except for a couple of uh, every once in a while he'd show up. But he would have been kind of good in a show like that because he was. An, yeah, I he would thought he was an interesting character that. Or, like, they could have taken Diggle off Arrow for a year and put him on that. Diggle could have led the team after Rip Hunter. Because Diggle, or they, that's what they should do now since Arrow's done. Diggle should be on Legends as their as their new leader. They could have killed off Sarah Lance, because who cares at this point, and redo the whole show. Yeah, see, they could have they could have used Legends as, like, their whole, like, it's like, oh, this character's getting a little getting a little bland in this show. Let's have them do a stint on Legends, refresh that storyline, give some life to the Legends storyline, let's do some things with their first season, do some things in that show first season, then we'll bring them back. 
Yeah. They could have played, they could have played like swapsies and just like swapped characters in and out and kept all of the storylines alive between all the shows while keeping their characters doing things. They could have, they could have played around with that so much and done so many like, they could have, and they, and they would have kept the story alive. It would have kept the characters interesting. It would have added different dynamics. They could have done, Legends was the perfect bridge show. Yeah. That was literally fell on its face and did nothing. It turned into a, a comedic show. Like it was, it just turned into a joke. Is what happened. Like it, I mean, they had good characters on there. I mean, when they had that original lineup for that first season, when they brought on uh, Heat Wave and um, Captain Cold, I mean, those were the two best characters that you could probably bring on because they weren't doing anything with them on Flash. And, and honestly, I, I feel like that was part of what, that was their biggest mistake was getting rid of him. Oh, getting rid of Captain Cold? Yeah, he, he, I feel like he was the, he was one of the big components of what made that first season so good. Yeah. Because he has that, he has that like dry, cynical, like almost humor. Yeah. Humor and like, but yet serious about it and just like the dry factualness of just like, well, we could just murder our way in. Why wouldn't we do that? Like he just has that weird dry thing. And like Rory there is like, he's kind of that, like he's the brute of it, like whatever. He's like the brute force, but he's not the brain. Like the Kevin Cole, he had the, he was the brain behind that pair. And he gave, he just had such a unique, interesting perspective. And I feel like that was one of the big pluses of that first season was him. And without him, it was kind of like they didn't have enough. Like what was cool about the first season was they had different points of view all interacting in different ways. And it was super interesting, but then they got rid of all of their different people that were interesting and just stuck with like what Laurel and what's, what's the miniature Palmer. It's just stuck with like Laurel and Palmer as like the two people. And then I guess you had the, the older science guy. Oh, Stein. I like Stein. You had, you had Stein, like, I like him, whatever, but he didn't really, like, he was there and he would, like, throw opinions out and stuff like that, but he wasn't, like, trying to lead the group. I always so liked he wasn't his really intera- in that dynamic. I always, liked, I always liked his interaction with, uh, with Palmer, like, how they'd argue, because you'd have, a, it's a scientist and a physicist, so they have completely different point of views, and they would, uh, they would argue a lot when it came to that. And then you had, uh, obviously you had Rory and you had, um, I forget his name, but Cap- whoever Captain Cold was, uh, Snark. I know, I can't Leonard, think of his Leonard, Leonard Snark, Snark, that's it. Yeah, and yep. then, then you had Rip Hunter, who was really, he was the new character. Of, he was the one that, the he was the leader, and he was great. He was probably the one of the best characters of the whole show, because he seemed like the one that, he seemed like a leader. And then at the same time, you also had um, a storyline going on where you felt like there was something at stake. Like, they had to stop Vandal Savage, who... Again, that character isn't what Vandal Savage is, but the actor who played that, whatever that character was, is, was phenomenal. Like, it was really good. That was a good character. It just shouldn't have been called Vandal Savage. Mm-hmm. It's been a completely different name, but I get why they use Vandal Savage. Uh, Sarah Lance was okay for that, for whatever that was. 
uh, but not as the main character. She was she was just there. And uh, then you had was it Hawk Girl? She was kind of pointless. Hawk Girl and Hawk Dude. They, they were yeah. in the show. That was uh, that, that was the first season though. I think they came in later, didn't they? No, that's the first season. Was that because, the first season? Yeah, because the whole storyline was um, uh, Vandal Savage always coming oh, back. Oh yeah, it was them. that. Yeah, it was that weird Egyptian Nike thing. It's been so long since I've seen that. Right, but it's weird because I remember it like I just watched it or something. Like that's how that's to me that's how good it was. Like I actually really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. I thought yeah. it was a good storyline, and you know th- the second season was okay. I think they brought in uh, Damian Dark and all like the B level villains or the main villains from the old Arrow shows. I think was it Malcolm Merlin, Damian Dark, and uh, Reverse Flash, mm-hmm. and then the whole then they were trying to get that that stick to rewrite history. Oh so, yeah, like, that, those those three that those three comboed together. That yeah. was amazing. That yeah. was that could have that should have been like that should have been the centerpiece of that entire thing is just Absolutely. that interaction with those three. Like they should have got so much more screen time with those three. Those three are all individually are interesting, but yeah. their interactions together were just amazing. Well, Damian Dark, like he was one of my favorite villains of the show. It's just unfortunate that the season he was in was the worst season of Arrow. But like, as far as like him as a villain, I liked him. I thought the actor was great. He just the character sucked, but that wasn't his fault. The actor always brought it every single scene. Yeah, the, the well, the, the Damien Dark season was a little weird because it was like he had no reasonable end goal. Right, was, he, like he, I don't know what his like he. Yeah. It was the only villain that didn't know that Arrow was Oliver Queen too. He didn't even know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was there. Yeah, it was interesting. But as a character, yes, he's an, he, as a, as a standalone character, he was amazing. Yes, they could have done like they could have done so much more with him. That's just it. Just seems like that's CW's thing. They just they have so much potential, and they just squander it and just waste it away. Well, and that's the just, thing because they have so much talent as far as like the actors they bring in, like. Stephen Amell and the guy, uh, Grant Gruston or Gustum or whatever his name is that plays Flash, a really believable Flash. Oliver Queen is a very, or um, uh, sorry, Stephen Amell is a very believable Oliver Queen. Um, the Damien Dark, the, Mel- the guy who plays Malcolm Merlin, is, like, he was always interesting because of, he'd always overact every scene, but that's, that seemed to be kind of the bit of what Malcolm Merlin was. He was always overdramatic. And just they had a, the guy who played Diggle, and so even the person who played Laurel, they were all good, like good actors and actresses, and very talented. You know, these aren't big name actors and actresses. I've never heard of any of these people in put this show, except for maybe the guy who played uh, um, the guy who played uh, Palmer, because that was Superman and Superman Returns. He was the big name actor of the show. Which is funny because I never even knew that until long, I didn't know that either. I, long, long <laughs> after that, as I'm like, oh, he's because I feel like they made jokes about that, and I never understood what they were joking about. 
Like they right. made like little references to it and stuff in the show. And I never understood that until like way later when they, there was, I feel like we were talking about something with a crossover episode and that's when we like, I found that out. Like it's, it's, I don't know. Or even the guy who played Harrison Wells. Like how talented is that guy? Yeah. Like they did, that's the, in the beginning seasons, what, like whoever was finding these actors did a phenomenal job, and if only they had the writing team that could have carried right. those actors. Yes. They need, like you said, they needed a whole new, fresh new writing staff. Because, I mean, those, and now, now their shows are complete, now that they don't have Arrow, they're, 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 they're doomed. Who's going to watch the CW Hero show at this point? Who's watching Stargirl? Anybody? Like I, yeah, exactly. What's, like, ta- what's the target market for that? Who wants to watch that? Because, like, like see, the, that they've they've lost the entire point of what the see. When if you if you want to do a superhero show, you shouldn't be trying to ooh, look at like look at this fancy powers. No, what you need to the first core of what you need to do when you have a show is you have to make it an interesting show that people want to watch. Correct. And if you can do that, and if you can find an actor that people want to watch, you can build a, a show, and you can build a, you can build the audience and everything like that. And it seems like they've gotten so lost of like, oh, we have a character, you should watch it because we have this character. It's like, but you need the story. Like, it's a show, it's entertainment. You're supposed to hook us, so we want to watch it. Like. It doesn't, I don't care if you have like, like they could, what if they made a Batman show or something like something ridiculous, like a big name would be like, but if it was the worst written show ever. You'd be like, eh, like even if it's, you've got a name that doesn't mean you have a good show just because you have a name. And, and it you seems can't like, come, and you can't come off hokey either. You can't write hokey storylines. It has to look real and it has to seem believable. Like look at look at back at Arrow's first season. Like that was like a dark, gritty season. Yes. Like they they established grounded in reality. They they like eventually as Arrow went out, it got crazy and stuff like that. But that yeah. first season was so grounded and gritty and realistic, and like you could see this happening. It was exa- it was exactly a real thing that you could see happening, and like it was it was very grounded, and like they lose that, and then they start these new shows, and like if you're doing this, whatever, like you should start. They should be starting these grows shows grounded, so people can like establish themselves and connect with these shows, rather than starting. Already, when the show was, yeah, like you said, hokey or whatever, starting hokey, and then or weird or crazy right off the bat, you have no grounded basis for people to connect with the show. Correct. I just feel that those CW shows, like I forgot what I was about to say, but it's just like the first, the first two seasons of Arrow, even like the second season where they introduced Slade, and it got a little bit more of a comic book story, like where you have a bad guy and a good guy. But mm-hmm. the, the story was so good, and, it, and people died, and death had meaning, and 
It's just those CW shows, one of their biggest problems is they'll kill off a character and they just bring him back. Like, but you just killed him. I mean, how many times did Oliver die? <laughs> yeah, that's one of I, I that's one of my big things in shows is when 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 death loses meaning. Yes. It just it just becomes like then there's no there's no stakes anymore. There's right. no you're not like you're you're no longer watching the show going, Oh my god, they could die. Like in the back of your mind you know they won't because the show's named after them. But without that suspension of, oh man, they're in a life threatening situation, there's no like there's no you don't have any reason to like invest in the show because like there's no risk. Right. Like if there's no risk then what do you why why are you watching? You wanna you wanna see them fight and you wanna see them fight to survive or fight to save like do a thing, whatever. If there's no risk of them ever dying, then you're just watching them do their day job basically. Yeah. It's I, I don't know. I mean, I know we got we went off the rails again and we got away from the red sun, but but at least we're still talking, you know, soup like comics and that kind of stuff. We're still kind of in the same realm. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I mean, pretty much to kind of wrap up Red Sun, it's just that, uh, and I know we didn't really spend a lot of time really discussing too much of it. We went way more into CW there, but I think that's okay. But the um, and all in all, with Red Sun, I, I recommend it as a. Uh, as one of the better DC animated movies. I feel that uh, if you don't like it, it's probably because you feel like they're trying to spread some kind of political agenda on you. And that's like, as I'm reading the reviews, that seems to be everyone's uh, uh, reason why they dislike it. And it had nothing to do with the movie itself. It's like they feel like they're getting a political agenda across. Uh, I don't I don't, that's not how, that's not what I got out of it. Is that what you got out of it? No, like, they, like yes, they are, it was be, because they were like did reference political stuff a lot. Like, but like to me, it was about him. It was it was about his story. Like, from his, he was he was raised. That was where he was, and he was trying to create his vision of the perfect like communist era, like communist world or whatever. And Lex Luthor was using his capitalist thing whatever to fight him whatever like those were the tools they were using but that was not their goal behind them if that makes any sense like yes there was political aspects but it wasn't the point of everything I guess I don't know if I'm making sense here's one guy's review Bruce Tim and the animated team needs to stop making crap movies like this well, Bruce Tim didn't make this movie, so <laughs> there you go. All right, good. Then he gets it. Then, then the reviewer is correct. <laughs> I, I agree. I completely agree with you. Um, Red Sun merely suggests we can unite against larger foes. I'm just I'm on Rotten Tomatoes right now, looking at some of these reviews. Uh, most people on Rotten Tomatoes are kind of liking it, except for that one guy. Um, I guess I got an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 65% audience score. What does that even... Do you even know what that... I don't know what that necessarily means. I don't. Okay. 
Yeah, I don't I know. Guess, I guess, I guess, okay, so I guess from an outside perspective, like, if you haven't watched, in, let's, let's just say you've never seen a comic book movie ever, and you just yeah. watched this, you're like, oh, this is some sort of political agenda movie, isn't it? Because they talk about politics a lot, but, like, I guess if you are like, oh, yeah, this is a, if you go into this thing, yeah, this is a comic movie, it's based on Superman and Lex Luthor. And there's, then there's Batman, one, all the other ones mixed in or whatever. And you look at it from that point of view, then it's just, it's characters in the world. And it's about the characters, not a world that happens to have characters in it. It's, that's, that I looked at it as you're seeing these characters and they're interacting in, in, in this world that exists, not this is the agenda, this is the world, and we're trying to tell you this is how the world should be, and also here's characters that agree with this world that we created kind of thing. Yeah, this guy is comparing um, Lex Luthor to Donald Trump and comparing Superman to Bernie Sanders. I think that's kind of a stretch. Because that means you're insinuating that Donald Trump's a super genius. I just alienated I, the Donald Trump fans out there. <laughs> yeah, I, hey, even 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 if you're a fan of Donald Trump, that you know full well that he is not a scientist. Right. Uh, I'd say yeah. Were there some were there some issues in the movie? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not, nothing's perfect. And we kind of went over the stuff that we thought that should have been flushed out. The Batman character, for example, would have been something to be flushed out. I mentioned that Superman, when he was a kid, I'd like to see something more than just five, like less than five minutes. I'd like to see his parents. Never got to meet his parents. I'd like to, honestly, I'd like to see, uh, Lex Luthor and, uh, Lois Lane that we didn't even talk about Lois Lane in this movie, but like, um, like, I'd like to see how that started. I mean, we know why they stuck together for so long, but it seemed like they actually ended up loving each other at the end, where in the beginning it seemed like it, they were both using each other. Yeah, like, I, we talked, we said it or like before that, like, I almost feel like there's enough, there's, there's enough interesting things in this movie. It should have been two movies. It should yeah. have almost been two movies. There should have been a younger thing where it was like, him as a kid, like, spent a little more time with him as a kid. They spent more time with Lex Luthor, like, establishing that he, what he does, rather than they kind of just, like, he's like, he's like, yes, I make things. Here's a crazy thing that I made off the cuff without any, like, we know who Lex Luthor is. But from the outside perspective, like, okay, so this guy just magically invented all these fancy things. Like, we know that he's a very smart person. Like, he's a scientist. Like, we kind of know his backstory. But, like, from from someone else, they don't know that, and they never really explain that? That he's, like, a super genius kind of thing? Yeah, because when I played it, when I played it for my mom, like, when she watched it, she didn't catch on on who some of these characters were. Because... DC, like, if you're not a non-comic book fan, you know who Batman is, and you know who Superman is, and you might know who Wonder Woman is, but you don't know the, you don't know everyone else. Like, you don't know who Lex Luthor is unless you watch Superman shows. 
Yeah, so like if the, they 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 could have made, they could have easily made two movies. They could have made the younger thing, and then they could have had the the older versions where all that happened, where like everything kind of was starting to fall apart and everything like that towards the end of the movie. Like that could have been its own movie, and then they would have that would have given them more time to like flesh all of these little things out and actually give like they didn't give people. They didn't do justice to the people that should have been given more, like like Lex Luthor and Lois Lane, whatever. Like they could have done so much more with them and given them so much more backstory, other than they're like, oh yeah, they're married and they're in an awkward relationship where he likes his, he spends more time with his work than her, but she's okay with it because it furthers her agenda. They so here's kinda... something that's interesting I found on this now. There's a there's an I don't know if this is an animated or a comic or maybe an audio comic, but it's on Amazon. It's called Superman Red Sun. It's dated from 2009, and it's a 12-part uh, series. I've never heard of this, but I'm trying to figure out. I, I, it looks like it might be audio comics because it, the, it looks guess, like it's It'd probably be just an audio drawn. comic, I guess. Yeah, I mean... It seems like this one got much better reviews than the movie. Hmm. This one's got because, a 7.5. So I'm curious. It kind of makes me wonder about the original, like the original comic or graphic net, whatever it was based on. It really makes me kind of like wonder, like, did they actually take the time to flesh all this out in the comic? Because it was obviously longer. And it's just because of this animated movie, because they're like, we don't have time to do all that, and they just cut a lot. It really makes me wonder how much they cut to make this movie. Yeah. I'm wondering if I need to now uh, watch all of these. Oh, they're only like seven minutes long. So, yeah, I think these are comics. Hmm. Audio comics. Because you can get them on Amazon Prime. It's interesting. And then they have, like, HD versions, too. So maybe they are animated. I don't know. But they're, like, $3 an episode. So I'm not spending, I'm not doing that for a seven-minute yeah, episode. That's, yeah, that's absurd. Or you can buy the whole season for 15 bucks. That Amazon's, seems like it's still too much. Amazon's yep. video pricing and episode pricing from the start is absurd to me. Yes. They, they 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 price things like people who don't understand the value of objects. <laughs> like I like whenever it's like oh yeah oh there's a movie oh you want me to pay like sixteen dollars to rent this movie when I could probably go to the store and buy it for like in the five dollar Blu-ray bin. Like now, I, do you know how a, long do you know how long this movie was? How long, like, do you actually know the answer? I, I'm not yeah, sure off yeah. the top of my head. It's an hour and a half. So, like, yeah, this that's was kind a, of what I expected. That's a long animated movie. Animated movies usually are not that long. They're usually, like, an hour and ten, a little over an hour, most animated okay. movies. So, like, for uh, an animated movie to run the time of a normal, like, a short feature film, cause that's kind of what the, the average length for a feature film would be, is an hour and a half to two hours. This this was right around that. So, and it did seem kind of long, but at the same time, it felt like they're 
a lot of stuff left unsaid where maybe this could have made it for two movies or an animated series even like a tw- like a a six part series or something like that that they could have released on the DC streaming service yeah it was it was it was long like at no point when I was I like wow this movie is getting really long or like wow I wonder if they're going to wrap this up no like I was fully invested that entire time and didn't realize it was actually that long like if anything, I wish it was longer. Yeah, me too. I, I really, I, want, I, I felt like it was too short. More. Like, like I thought the ending with the fight with Brainiac, and we didn't even talk about that. But like that, that was, was yeah, that uh, was entirely lackluster. Like, yeah, it was kind of anticlimactic the way they all of this, and it's like, oh yeah, he's actually been masterminding this whole thing. By the way, um, oh yeah, let's do a thirty-second fight. And then yeah. that's it. And like, then it was over. And then it was over. And then and you have uh, um, Lex Luthor giving his his speech at the end, which was a very it felt like a patriotic speech. Like it felt like if you were an American, you were probably you probably voted for Lex Luthor. Like he seemed like mm-hmm. he was a very popular man. A very but that was also person. funny because that was literally that that literally proved he's like he's like oh yep um, I defeated Superman. That's the only reason I became pre- president. I'm out. Yeah. And he just left it to his guy. Mm-hmm. Did, he, did he just give the presidency to like the random <laughs> dude that's been following his him around? So, okay, so in the beginning, this guy was just he happened to be the FBI or CIA or whatever guy who had, was just assigned as his babysitter. And so, yeah. just like you, just hang around Lex Luthor enough, you you get to be president. <laughs> you become president. <laughs> Just hang around next to that. He'll take your places. <laughs> yeah, that that part didn't make any sense. That, that it's actually kind of amazing when you think about it. Again, because a- I'm pretty sure that guy said like one one or two lines this entire movie. <laughs> like again, they could have given him an actual character slash backstory. They could have yeah, done I mean, so I don't, much. I can't even tell you what his name was. I totally forgot it already. I, I want to I say Vice President Chambers. Like, I want to say it's Chambers, but I'm probably wrong. I That's better than I would do. I'm not sure if he had a name. He was generic yeah. guy number three. Now I kind of want to know who Vice President Chambers is. I'm going to search that. Because <laughs> why is that name in my head? Chambers. And you sitting in front of a computer while doing this has just made you Google happy. It has. Um, I've. There's nothing. Okay, so it's uh, some guy that's a uh, metal medical dude. I I don't know where I can't came up with that name in my head, but it's yeah. nothing. Uh, so it's fine. You invented a vice president in school. Uh, yeah. I just, for whatever reason, that name is in my head right now. So, yeah, I mean, it, the brain. That's why we not. We didn't really talk too much about the Brainiac thing because it was kind of stupid. Yeah, how did? Yeah, like it was kind of like a weird. Like they threw that in there as like him fighting Brainiac when they originally showed. Like there was that little like mini clip they showed in the middle, and it was kind of like a throwaway clip, and then they're like. They brought him up, like, a few other times as time, like, they're like, oh, yeah, he's around. And then all of a sudden it's just like, 
then when he was, like, flying to go, like, take out Luther or whatever the heck he was doing at the end, and all of a sudden the ship was just flying with him, I'm like, where did that come from? I I thought, like, I thought he was basically, like, the Alfred. I thought they, he basically had turned Brainiac into his Alfred, but then I'm like, oh, so he's actually, like, his combat partner now? Like, he was yeah, kind of, almost, like, <laughs> attack America? Like, I didn't know he still had the ship. I thought yeah, that Superman like, destroyed everything. Yeah, they kind of, that's what they implied. Like, I, oh, I kind of assumed that just they, Brainiac built a new ship in his spare time. That's kind of how I took that. Oh. But when they, when they show up with the ship or whatever, I'm like, oh, so that I kind of was like, oh, so he just let Brainiac, like, he let his butler build a giant spaceship in his spare time. <laughs> I looked at it. I'm just like, what? What is going on here? The best butler ever. I did like the fact when uh, he, he, you know, he told him he wasn't gonna, he wasn't going to attack or whatever. And Praniac's like, this is an unacceptable response. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that part was pretty good. Praniac was great in this. I mean, it's unfortunate he was barely in it, but he was great in this. Yeah, like, like he, but he was in like three scenes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the three scenes, he nailed it. Yeah, he was he was he, funny. Like they could have done more amusing things with him. So you know what's funny about this? Uh, before uh, before we went on the air, you were worried about like would we, would we have enough to be able to fill forty five minutes? And we're at an hour and forty five minutes. So I think we did okay for our first show. We're, we're, we're at an hour and twenty one minutes. Oh, okay. Oh, the phone calls an hour and forty minutes. Okay, but we, yeah, we talked for twenty minutes before we got. Yes, we're the recording is an hour and twenty one minutes for the record. Get your facts so, straight. Fair. So, so <laughs> we overall, we did go on a twenty minute CW tangent, but anyways. <laughs> so, so overall, is this a movie you would recommend to uh, a comic book fan? Is this a movie you would recommend to a casual fan? Someone that's never watched, like that's not really a superhero fan. Could this could this have a? I guess the question was, if this song, if this song, if this movie was promoted, could we get a live action rendition of this? And you, do you think it could work in the theaters, theatrical? Obviously, an animated version this would not draw. But saying if we could, we do a live action version of this. See, is it I, I, I want to say yes, because I would love to see a live-action version of this, because yeah. I would find that amazing. But I don't think it, like, it does not, I don't think it has the draw for the casual audience. I don't think so either. Like, as from from a comic thing, whatever, because, like, it's got... It's got that interesting aspect to it because it's like a twist on what you normally see, which as like when you you have to know the original to appreciate the difference kind of thing. Yeah. And the casual person isn't going to necessarily get that comparison slash like get it like, oh, this is really cool. It's if he was in he was crash like you, you don't get that like. They in in the anime they they definitely don't even explain that so like so what about this what if you just called it Red Sun it's not Superman is not the name of the character in the movie but you write the same exact movie 
with this supreme being with the with Superman powers, but he's not actually Superman. Kind of like what was that that one movie that came out a couple of years ago? Uh, was it called like Birthlight or something like that? Uh, the one burn. with the ki- Brightburn. I was close. Um, you, that was some random words you strung together, but yes, it was close. <laughs> <laughs> I got the bright part right. Um, but, uh. But, like, no, I didn't even say bright. I think I said birthright or something like that. Yes, you, neither of your words were correct. <laughs> <laughs> but um, could they do something like that or maybe just uh, call it Red Sun and just – it'll be something that maybe DC would obviously do it because they own the rights, but not call it – or maybe not. Maybe they – let's just pretend this animated movie never existed and they just had a live-action rendition of this you know, loosely based off that, but not call it Superman. Kind of like with uh, Brightburn. Yeah, I could I could see them doing it. It would be, I could see them, yeah, doing Red Sun. They'd have to, I feel like they definitely have to adjust some things. Yes, they'd have to have him, they'd, they'd have to almost they'd, make him kind of evil. They'd, I, I wouldn't even say that. They just have to, they'd have to establish a little, they'd have to establish the backstory so a casual person can walk into this and know what the heck is going on. Right. Kind of thing. They kind of just, they jump so quickly into, oh, he's an adult with powers kind of thing. And, like, they need to flesh out more things. And honestly, I would say cut the entire Wonder Woman thing because it added nothing to the sh- It would Absolutely. I agree. That would just be Probably an expensive, expensive. Cut- Cut Brainiac, too. That's not necessary, either. They could cut yeah. Brainiac, cut Wonder Woman. You probably could keep... You could probably keep the Batman thing in. I could, I could totally... Probably, okay, I could see them, if they cut Brainiac and, like, just rewrote it where instead of, like, using Brainiac technology to control people, just have it, like, where he, like, develops some sort of, like brainwashing thing or something like that. Or he lobotomizes them instead. Just rewrite it where he just lobotomizes them with his heat vision. Which kind of makes them just, they walk around like zombies almost. Yeah. So yeah, if they they change that aspect with something else, whatever, that would have been, they could have easily written out him too. Like they just had these, I get they wanted them because they're big, they're named characters they wanted to have in there. But yeah, you could rewrite this, you know, I feel like you could rewrite this and adjust this and make it a palatable movie to the general audience. It definitely wouldn't be a, it definitely wouldn't be a triple A like Star Wars or Batman versus Superman, like big name movie or whatever. It'd probably come in at like, a middle range like Brightburn that hardly anyone ever actually watched because it was like a a middle range movie in the theater. Like I could totally see it hitting like that kind of mark, but it's, it wouldn't be a big name. But I could see it doing all right. It's doable, but I don't think yeah. they would put the effort in to make it work because they would no. they'd have to put some serious work in to make it do that, and I don't think it would. It's not worth the time investment for them to accomplish that. Okay. It'd be very interesting, though. I would totally be into that. Yeah, I, I think I would, too. I, that would be something I would be very interested in. Now, uh, what do you think of the score? 
see, I like I didn't notice it that much to be honest. Like I noticed okay. it was kind of like the Russian music, or whatever. And then you said it was actually like the Superman theme mixed with like a Russian kind of version of Superman theme. I didn't realize that. I didn't even know Superman had a theme to be honest. He doesn't really have a theme, but there's like a a, a type of like um, there's always a type of music that plays with him in the animated stuff. He doesn't have like a distinct theme like Batman does, but like it, what it was is it's like a superhero theme mixed with like the Russian national anthem or the, not Russian, but the Soviet Union kind of national anthem. And it always had that Soviet music vibe to it, which I'm a big <laughs> fan of. I think their music's great. So like the, uh, I've always loved that. It definitely established where you were and made sure you understood where you were the entire time. Oh, and it made everything so epic. Like everything was epic when that music, that score was playing in the background. I thought it's one of the best scores they've had in these animated films. And normally they have really good scores in the majority of their movies. But like this one stood out to me almost like Mask of the Phantasm was with their score. Now, I still think Mask of the Phantasm had an absolute uh, brilliant score because of Shirley Walker's, uh, com- how she composed it. But, like, this was uh, this was really, really good. Almost kind of yeah. had that, um, that variation of uh, Public Enemies, which was a- another good standalone movie of, of, the, of this universe. Not this universe, but of the DC universe. Hmm. Yeah, I guess so, I didn't pay um, that attention to the music. That's fine. Maybe the next time you watch it, or if you do watch it a second time, you'll you'll notice it. Yeah. Um. What uh? What movie you want to do next week? Put you on the spot. I do not have an answer to that. Do you want to do a standalone one, or do you want to start a series? I I probably probably another standalone thing. Okay. Just to. I want. I'm wondering if we should do, like, Public... Have you seen Public Enemies yet? I'm not sure what that is. Okay. Well, we'll discuss it when we go off the air. But, like, um, it's it's another kind of what-if scenario. It's pretty much Lex Luthor becomes president. And he's in charge of everything, pretty much. Okay. Okay. It was made in 2009, I believe. But it has Kevin Conroy voicing Batman and Tim Daly voicing Superman, the people that voiced him in the animated series. Hmm. All right, then. So, yeah, I think we'll do that next week. We'll do Public Enemies. Okay. I'll have to rewatch All it. Right. I haven't seen it in a while. So. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, with that, do you have anything you want to add? Watch Red Sun. <laughs> yeah, of course. Watch Red Sun. Um public enemies next week and uh i'll post this on the facebook site too so with that i am andrew karachi alongside andrew quimby (laughs) it's so weird doing the double andrew thing here but uh with that check us out next week live not live but next week (laughs) how do i end this call oh i gotta go up here this is all the bonus content for everybody Andrew is recording the call. Yeah, I know. How do I stop recording it?